Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. A number of years ago, my family and I went tubing down a river a few hours from our hometown. I was sick at the time in the early stages. I didn't need a wheelchair yet. I could still get around with a cane, but I couldn't walk very well. And I didn't have much control over my right arm and my right leg, pretty much the whole right side of my body. The float down the river was pleasant. It was hot. It was during the summer. But it was a pleasant little ride down the river. Most of the time, the water was shallow. But there was a point where it got very deep. I'm not sure how, how deep it was. At least 10 feet, I think. You're probably thinking, Mike, that's not very deep. But for me, for a guy who could only control half of his body, that was deep. And I started worrying about the depth of the water and my inability to swim since I had gotten sick. And right about that time is when I slipped through the tube and plunged to the bottom of the river. My left foot uh, was still working and I felt it squish into the riverbed in the mud at the bottom. My right leg was twisted up, contorted, just like my right arm and hand. I started panicking. I tried pushing myself up with my left leg, but I didn't get very far. I started flailing my left arm and leg about trying to swim upward to the surface, and my right side was absolutely no help. Now, this didn't take long. The few moments that I was underwater uh, wasn't a long time, but it seemed to me like an eternity. I really thought about just giving up. It was all too much. And then I thought about Kim and the kids. And then I thought, hey, what the hell? <laughs> Why aren't they trying to help me? And I decided at that point, I'm going to live. And with that, I shot up and broke the surface and got some air into my lungs. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> I chewed them out for not paying attention to me. They were ahead of me a ways on the river. <laughs> I had a choice that day. And I have a choice every day, really. I can live my life reacting to circumstances and struggling and allowing others to control me. Or I can go all out and trust imagination. I believe imagining creates reality. Or I don't. There can't be any middle ground. An occupant or inmate, Neville says, when Christ, imagination, begins to stir in you, go all out and completely abandon yourself to a state. Determined to either sink or swim. Dare to move from one state into another. Early on, and for some time after finding Neville, I didn't do that. I stayed stuck and frustrated because I didn't make the decision to completely abandon myself to my state, to my desired state, the state of my wish fulfilled. I would decide something I wanted, imagine a simple scene, just like Neville says to do, that scene implying my, my wish is fulfilled. And then I'd get up and go about my day and I would freak out as soon as something popped up that denied I was the man I wanted to be. I would waver. I didn't truly trust or fully trust imagination. When I completely abandoned myself to a state, trusting imagination fully, the state in which I previously dwelled dies. 
I am no longer animating it. Whatever state I am occupying is the one that's real to me. I am no longer identifying myself with the old state of mind. That's happened to you throughout your life. Do you ever look back and think, Wow, I can't believe I acted like that. I'm not that person. Right. You are no longer dwelling in that state. Isn't that cool? You've been moving through states of consciousness throughout your life. And those things in the past that seem so foreign to you are coming from or happened while you were dwelling in a former state. And that state is now dead to you. The Bible encourages us to put imagination to the test. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I grew up totally misunderstanding that verse. I was taught by the church that that meant, you know, you need to pay us your 10%, 10% off your gross income. If you don't, you're sinning. That's a bunch of malarkey. This is not talking about actual money to an actual church. This is all symbolism. The tithe is tenth. Ten is the numerical value of the Hebrew letter Yod, and it has the symbol of a hand. It's also the first letter in the name of God. It symbolizes the creative power of God, your imagination. So imagination is speaking to us in this verse throughout the Bible. Imagination is saying, telling you to turn within, give all of your being to yourself, to imagination. It says, test me. I'll give it to you so much more than you ever thought possible. No longer putting your faith in other people, in institutions, in governments, in your own uh, geographical location. None of these things that you used to rely on have any power. Turn within. Give everything to your imagination. Trust it, your true self. And your self is talking here. Trust me, I will give you so much more than you ever thought possible. In the lecture, The Foundation Stone, Neville says, I say the universe is infinite response, but it also gives back more than you imagine. It is pressed down and running over. Therefore, to be negative can be frightening. The good will come back a thousandfold, but so will the negative. But if I am optimistic and do not waver, I will bring that also pressed down and running over. It is something wonderful. It will come like a gusher. The world responds more than it takes, and it gives to the individual more than he imagines, good or bad. This law that Neville's talking about is not something that just starts when we start to learn about Neville and start reading his lectures. That's not when this starts. This law that imagining creates reality has always been the case. We just didn't realize it for so long. We went through life blaming others. We didn't realize that we are the source, the cause of all of we, that we experience. But now you know. Isn't that a relief, knowing that you can completely alter the course of your life and you can do it right now, right this moment? I know, trusting imagination, I mean, really trusting myself doesn't come easy all the time. It will, though. I promise you, it will. But we get caught up in our world and we think we're part of something that's out of our control. We become lost in the things we've made and give those things power over us. 
But none of those things out there have any power over you, not even science and medicine or nature. In the same lecture, The Foundation Stone, Neville says, the laws of nature are only free action repeated until they become accepted as a law. Nothing you're experiencing has to continue being real for you if you want something else. Nothing. The first step is knowing what I want. I assume my desire is already fulfilled. Because it really is. I just need to accept it. Assume it is so. I have a desire. I accept that gift. And I take it for granted. Just like I used to take my parents for granted growing up. I take for granted they'll supply the food that I need and the snacks that I want. And supply the clothes that I want. I take them for granted. Because they were always there for me. Providing for me. And that's what I do now. I rely on my Heavenly Father. My true self, imagination. And if I have a desire, I take it for granted that it's done. Now, when I'm thinking about the desire, when it comes up, little scenes automatically pop up in my mind. For example, I have a desire for my parents to be healthy in mind and body. As soon as I move into the assumption of them healthy of mind and body, I can hear them talking and laughing and see their lovely smiles. I embrace that scene as proof that I've moved in imagination into my desire's fulfillment. I used to spend so much time trying to uh, sketch out little scenes to imagine. I would spend half hour sometimes writing out ideas of a scene I can use to imply that my desire is fulfilled. I was wasting my time. For me, if I'm spending that much time on the mechanics of just the scene, then it's going to feel forced to me, unnatural. I can't think of anything or anyone without some sort of image or sound coming to my mind automatically. Maybe it's their voice or their face. So I use whatever comes up naturally as I accept my wish as a done deal. It all happens so fast. I have a desire. And as I'm accepting that desire as already true for me, that, it, that it's fulfilled, the images, the scenes come up naturally. I'm already celebrating with Kim. I see her smiling face and hear her uh, exclamation on how thrilled she is. Or I hear my mom's laughter and see her smile automatically as I imagine her being healthy. When I have a desire, it's an unsaid but understood question with me. It's automatic and instantaneous. How would I feel this very moment if I already had or was the man I want to be? Not tomorrow, not next week, not once this pandemic is over, now. It is always now, because now is when I was given the desire, and now is the moment I gratefully accept the gift from my Father, my true self. I know with no doubt whatsoever that imagining creates reality. I know if I decide a thing and stick to my decision, it must happen. Said the Neville way, if I assume the feeling of my wish fulfilled and sustain that feeling, the state that would have produced that feeling must be objectified. That's from his book, Prayer, The Art of Believing. For so long, though, I, there were times I would just scream out, not necessarily out loud, but in my mind, does this shit get any easier? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that's felt like that. If you thought like that and had that question, I can tell you it does get easier. I'm talking about the law specifically right now, the law of assumption. The more you play in imagination, the easier it gets. Just like with any skill, the more you practice it, the more comfortable you are with it. It becomes natural and normal for you. 
If I picked one big whopping desire and just focused on that one thing and never played around with any other desires, I'm not going to get very far. I didn't. I tried that and it didn't work. Early on, I focused on the one big thing. And as I was doing that, I was doing violence to all of my other desires. My thinking was, I can't do anything else until I fix this one big thing. Once this is done, once I've fixed this, then life will be easy and I can go after all of these other desires. But I can't focus on anything else until I get this. I was only hurting myself. I wanted that one big thing. Why isn't it working? Urgh. So instead of planting the seed, moving in imagination, as Neville so simply and wonderfully teaches, and leaving it be, letting it go, and going about my day fulfilling other desires, I just planted that seed, checked it a few minutes later, dug it up, planted it again, dug it up, planted it again, over and over. And then I would scream out, does this shit get any easier? Well, it didn't until I stopped doing that. Let the seeds be. And then I played with other desires. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And Psalm 37, 4 says, Make God the utmost desire and pleasure of your life, and He will provide for you what you desire most. Now, God is not some being out there somewhere. God is I am, the self-existent one, my awareness of being, my imagination. So, delight in imagination, the pleasure of my life. And every desire of mine will be fulfilled. So, if I have a desire, knowing that my imagination is God, I accept it now, as soon as I have it. Why have a desire and just hope that one day it will happen? Or I have a desire and think, okay, one day I'll imagine that as uh, real for me. Oh, yeah, I'd like that. Well, let me wait till tonight where I can, oh, no, I don't have time tonight to do a session. I need to wait for tomorrow. Move within. Turn to God. Imagination. Assume the feeling of that wish already fulfilled. By being intentional with this, actively engaging my imagination at all times, not just in those moments of those five-minute sessions throughout the day, I am all imagination. Neville says that what I imagine and what I experience in the physical arena are both equally real, but yet equally a dream. And I know it's a dream. And it's not just in those few moments of meditation during the day or some formal session when I get up in the morning or whatever, in case you do that. It's not then, it's always. It is always happening. So I don't put it off. I intentionally and actively engage my imagination throughout the day and night. I get to know my true self as I do that. Moving in and trusting imagination becomes my nature. It doesn't become second nature. It becomes my nature. It becomes normal for me. I don't accept anything as final, whether it's for me or someone else, that isn't what I want. I don't care if I have personally met that person or not. If someone comes into my awareness, whether it's online, on the news, 
anywhere, if I see them in a state that I would not want to occupy, then I imagine for them. I lift them into a lovelier state, into a state that I would thoroughly enjoy. I do unto them exactly as I would want done unto me. I am continually tending my garden. I'm not going to let the weeds take over, let the plants run amok. By tending my garden daily, I deepen my relationship with myself. I get to know God. I get to experience God, who I really am. Before I go, I'm going to fulfill a request from a friend. He asked me to talk about COVID-19. Oh my God, Mike said COVID-19. He said the name. He must be giving life to it. What's he imagining? Oh my God. (laughs) My friend asked me to offer some encouragement, but my answers whether it's for a virus, cancer, money, relationships, are always the same, at least at its core, at their core. It's up to your imagination. But in this case, I'll share a wonderful quote from Neville's lecture, The Twelve Disciples, because it's perfect for my friend's question. The man who is conscious of being healthy will, in spite of the conditions of the world, continue to express health. He could hear through the press, radio, and wise men of the world that a plague was sweeping the earth, and yet he would remain unmoved and unimpressed. The quality of mind called Thomas, the doubter, when disciplined, would deny that sickness or anything else which was not in sympathy with the consciousness to which he belonged had any power to affect him. All right, guys. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty. 